This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining us on The Voice of the Shepherd. I'm Dina Marie Hale, an Archbishop. Thanks for joining us once again. So much going on as we begin a brand new year. And a topic that came up to me, the idea of grace. There's, If you start to look even, in, I'm holding the catechism right now, <laughs> in honor of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, but we hear about sacramental grace. We hear about actual grace, sanctifying grace. Mm-hmm. There's many de- different things, and I thought, I want to have more grace, but I want to understand and how to cooperate with mm-hmm. grace. So as we talk a little bit more about grace in our lives and God's gift to us, would you open us in prayer? Certainly. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Fathers, we have begun this new year. We ask for your abundant grace and blessings to be poured out upon us in this year ahead. Lord, as we face the many challenges that will be there for this year, we ask you to give us in each moment, in each challenge, and also in each joy, in each triumph, the exact grace that we need in that time to help us to draw closer to you and to one another. So we place this radio time now, Father, in your hands, asking you to lead it and guide us by your eternal grace. And all this we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. O Mary conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You know, just beginning this new year, and again, uh, honoring the life of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, I think about what we're on a journey, you know, mm-hmm. and if you go on a journey, typically we pack different things depending on how far we're going, how long we're going, but the ultimate journey is heaven. Mm-hmm. And these aren't tangible things that we're going to take. I, I become more and more aware of this as I've attended more funerals. Uh, I'm going to take the life that I lived. How do I live my life? That's what I'm going to present to right. the Lord face That's to right. face. And so how do I prepare? Part of that is that gift that God gives us, the gift of grace. Yes. You know, and I think that, um, yes, that's that's exactly correct, uh, Dina Marie, and I think that we, we must always keep that in mind, the, what, our, what our eternal destiny is, and what really the purpose and meaning of our life is. And I think I think we forget that sometimes, to mm-hmm. be perfectly honest. You know, and you can, you know, we get so caught up and wrapped up in the daily uh, cares and concerns of, of just living life. That sometimes I think we, we, we don't we can't get our head above the clouds, so to speak, and, and have a broader vision of, of what this is really all about and, and where we're headed. And, you know, we must always be reminded that we are pilgrims. Uh, we are just pilgrims passing through this world. This is not our home. 
at least the world as we know it. You know, there will be a new heavens and a new earth one day, as as, as the scriptures proclaim. Uh, but ultimately, our destiny is is that heavenly kingdom. We were made for that. That's what God calls us to. And the great and marvelous thing about God is out of his abundant love and mercy for us, not only does he call us to holiness, Mm -hmm. which is to be called to heaven, Mm -hmm. you know, to be baptized is to be called to be holy. Uh, Pope St. John Paul II pointed that out in his uh, his letter to the church at the beginning of the new millennium, you know, Novo Millennio Iniunti. He says, to ask to be baptized is to ask to be a saint. That yeah. that, that the, the, the very reception of baptism impels us and it, and it, it puts a place as a consequence upon us of mm-hmm. seeking holiness. And so he calls us to holiness, which is to call us to himself, which is to call us into eternal life. He also gives us the help that we need. He gives us everything that we need to achieve what he calls us to. In other words, he doesn't ask us to do something or call us to do something that he doesn't at the same time equip us to do. And he does that by means of his grace uh, as, as we talk about it. And I, I, I think it's, it's, you, you framed it very well, just, just uh, calling that from the catechism. So let's just talk about those three graces that you mentioned, you know, there's, I mean, listen, people write books about grace and they, <laughs> right. they do, you know, theological disser- doctoral dissertations on various aspects of grace. I mean, we could, we could, we could talk about grace uh, and, and never exhaust the topic. So we have to limit it. So let's talk just about those three forms of grace. You mentioned sanctifying grace, what we might call habitual grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's, there's sacramental grace. And on then also actual graces. Mm-hmm. So let, let's just break this down a little bit. But let's just start out with, with, which is basically what grace is. Grace is ultimately, in its deepest meaning, a participation in God's life. So grace is the means by which God unites us to himself. It's a supernatural reality. And that's what we must keep in mind, that grace is a supernatural reality, something above, uh, beyond our own nature as creatures created in God's image and likeness. Um, That in order to get to heaven, uh, in order to share God's life, he must make that happen. And he does so by giving us a gift of himself, which is grace. So if we want to think about it in its most fundamental understanding, grace is the gift of God for us, is the gift of himself for us. And it takes these different forms. We, we, we talk about that first form of grace, which is the foundation of our spiritual and supernatural life, which is what we call sanctifying grace or habitual grace. What does habitual grace mean? That, that sounds kind of weird, doesn't it? You know, but uh, uh, this is not habitual in the sense of it's a, it's, a, it's a habit that we have that we keep repeating some action over and over and over again. No, it's, it's it, this, in this deeper kind of more technical theological sense, habitual grace is a grace that informs us, that, that transforms us, that enters into us, that becomes part of our, our being. It becomes habitual to us. It's part of now our being. We receive this gift of sanctifying grace 
when we receive the gift of baptism. Uh, So when we are baptized, we are baptized into Christ. We are baptized into the life of the Holy Trinity. And in that moment of baptism, and this is something very important, that we as Catholics believe that baptism actually does something. Mm-hmm. All right, now we're going to talk about sacramental graces, but the, the, the primary grace of, of baptism is to give us this gift of God's life, what we call sanctifying grace, a grace which sanctifies us, which makes us participants in God's own life that becomes an habitual part of our being, something that, that is now a, a, a permanent in us, and although we can lose it through, through our grave sin. But it, it's, it's a transformative grace. And, and so in, in, in sanctifying grace, we can, we can look at it in different ways. It, it, it's the infusion of God's life in us. It's God pouring his own life, his own presence into our soul, into the spiritual part of our being. The Eastern uh, churches, uh, the Eastern Catholic churches and the Orthodox churches, even, even refer to this as, as divinization, mm-hmm. a divinizing grace, a grace that, that, that makes us like God. It doesn't make us God, right. so let's not get weird about it. And it doesn't make us not pantheistic, so it's not like we have a little piece of God and together mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're breaking God apart into little pieces and having a p- part of him. But it, it's a divinizing grace. It's a sanctifying grace. It, it makes us like unto God. It, it, it makes us a participant in his own life, and it informs us. It fills us. It actually transforms our soul so that... When we receive this gift of sanctifying grace and baptism, this indelible mark that also we receive on our soul, it's, it's meant to be a permanent transformation of the soul. It really changes us. I used to tell uh, <laughs> parents in baptism, I said, you know, the baby that you carried into church this morning is not going to be the same baby that you carry out of church this mm-hmm. morning. You know, that, that something radically will have changed in the soul of this child that this child now participates in God's own life. God has poured his, his own life into this child. With that gift of sanctifying grace comes the indwelling of the Holy Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit actually take up dwelling within our soul. We become a temple of the Holy Spirit, as St. Paul reminds us. So we're, we're, really, we're really participating, I'm going to use a big word here, ontologically, in the level of our very being, we are actually participating in God's life. God's life is in us. It's like, it, it, it's like God's uh, uh, blood is flowing mm-hmm. through our spiritual veins, if you will. You know, we, I, I used to use that image also at, at baptism that, you know, uh, the, the, the child there of the parents has got, you know, quote unquote, his parents' blood flowing through his veins or her veins, right? So, you know, the DNA and everything else. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, the, that's that child, that's physical body is the product of the conjugal union of his mother and father. And so his, their blood sort of courses through his veins. Well, when we are adopted children of God in baptism, God's life comes into us, and it's sort of like a spiritual grace uh, uh, that, that flows through our spiritual veins. We become partakers in, in divine life. We become images even to a greater extent of, 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 of God uh, made in his own image and likeness. So it's a very, it's a transformative grace that, and it's what enables us to enjoy eternal life one day. In our nature, in our nature, without the gift of grace, without the gift of sanctifying grace, we are incapable of seeing God face to face. We are incapable 
of entering into a supernatural life. We are incapable of entering into heaven without this gift of grace. And so God gives us what we need in order to relate to him, to come to life in him, and ultimately see him one day face to face. Right. Right. We're talking about grace on the voice of the shepherd. And, you know, if people can just think about that baptism, maybe it's your own child, maybe it's uh, the last baptism that you've had at your parish, but we've got water, we have the oil, we have the light. It's the Holy Spirit. So there's a cooperation. God gives us his Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And we hear certainly our Blessed Mother, full of grace. Right. Gratia plena, full of grace. So there's this invitation for us to, one, receive, to receive the gift, and then to cooperate and somehow nourish, nurture, have that grow. So Mm -hmm. it can be stale or stagnant if we don't use that grace or if we recognize it. How can I make that grace grow with the Holy Spirit? Right. Well, you you take us to our next kind of grace. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, We can talk next now maybe about sacramental Mm -hmm. grace. Uh, uh, and, and, and in some way or another, sacramental graces increase in us or repair in us uh, that gift of sanctifying grace. In other words, there's a relationship here. and It's not like, well, sacramental grace is something completely different from this sanctifying habitual grace that we've been talking about, that actually sacramental graces, the graces that come to us through the celebration of the sacraments, either increase in some way in us that gift of sanctifying grace, because we can grow in this grace, this life in Christ, or they repair it in some way. So, you know, we used to have in the Baltimore Catechism, those of you who might remember, we used to have the definition of a sacrament, which was an outward sign instituted by Christ to give grace. The new, the Catechism of the Catholic Church defines that a little bit differently, but it's basically the same concept, that there's something outward Mm -hmm. in the celebration of the sacrament, the the, sort of the visible part of the sacrament that imparts to us an invisible grace, something we don't see, but is related to to whatever the outward sign is. And these are instituted by Christ, all, all seven sacraments. So we talked about baptism, you know, and it brings us this initial outpouring of God's life in us, the sanctifying grace, the uh, divine adoption, the indwelling of the Holy Trinity, temple of the Holy Spirit, united to Christ, united to the church, forgiveness of original sin, the reparation for original sin, which heals the wound of sin in each of us, uh, even though the effects of it still remain with us, unfortunately, concupiscence. But the grace of the sacraments you know, in baptism come to us in that way. But then we receive other increases in this grace, right? So when we receive the sacrament of confirmation, for example, we receive a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We already possess the Holy Spirit and the gift of baptism, but in confirmation, a special grace is given to us, a special outpouring of the Holy Spirit, a special configuration to Christ, uh, an increase in the life of grace, Uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit increasing in us and giving us a special power in Christ to live this Christian life. Uh, So we are are more united to Christ. We are more united to the church as we are strengthened by the grace and increase of grace in the sacrament of confirmation, in the Eucharist. Every time we receive the gift of the Eucharist, bread and wine, through the invocation of the Holy Spirit and the words of consecration, transformed into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. We are receiving God. So every, every Holy Communion received worthily, in other words, in a state of grace, 
increases in us the life of Christ in us, the life of God in us, the gift of sanctifying grace. We grow in this grace, in other words, and we never can stop growing. We can never stop. There's no limit uh, to how much we can increase in the life of grace as it is given to us, which is nothing less than a participation in God's own life. We look to the sacrament of penance, reconciliation. This is the, and this is the healing sacrament. So this is the sacrament which, when we have broken our relationship with God and perhaps even lost the gift of sanctifying grace, and this is something important for us Catholics mm-hmm. to remember. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, anybody who thinks that Vatican II somehow did away with mortal sin, read the catechism and uh, uh, be, be reassured that we can lose this gift mm-hmm. through our own deliberate grave, sinful act, we can shut out the God's life of God in us, this gift of sanctifying grace. Not that God ever stops loving us. Uh, God could not ever love us less than he does. But we close him out. We reject him through mortal sin. What is mortal sin? Very quickly, it's a grave action, something that's gravely wrong in and of itself, independent of anybody's intention or knowledge or freedom. And we know that it's, it is wrong and gravely wrong, and we, we freely do it anyway. So it's gravely wrong, we know it's wrong, and we freely choose. We give our full consent of our will to it anyway. That can separate us from the love of God, or not from, from the, this life of grace, I should say. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, even our sin. But we can separate ourselves from this life, this gift of sanctifying grace, which we need to get into heaven. Mm-hmm. So it has to be restored. So Jesus gives us this incredible gift of the sacrament of penance. On the night of the resurrection, he gives the church the power to forgive sins and to reconcile sinners, to reheal, to heal that wound again, and to bridge that, that relationship again through the gift of grace and to restore the gift of grace. So we have that as, as a sacramental grace that comes. And also we're strengthened in the, in the grace of the sacrament to, to overcome sin and to do our battle with our sins. We have the sacraments of vocation, mm-hmm. uh, the holy orders, so when a man is ordained a priest, when hands are laid upon him and the prayer of consecration is prayed, that man is sac- sacramentally configured to Christ and is given a special grace now mm-hmm. to be a shepherd of God's church, to confect the sacraments, and to preach the word of God. But especially that sanctifying power of the sacraments. Only an ordained priest can confect the Holy Eucharist, make Christ present in the Eucharist. Only an ordained priest can absolve sins in the sacrament of reconciliation. Only an ordained priest can anoint the sick. Only a bishop can ordain another man a priest. Only a bishop or uh, one delegated by the bishop can confer this grace of the sacrament of confirmation. So these are there's something that changes in the man as well. So he is. This is a, another sacrament that changes us uh, on the level of our very being, as does confirmation. By the way, so it configures the man to Christ sacramentally, so that he becomes a channel of God's grace to others. Uh, in the sacrament of marriage, holy matrimony. The couple is strengthened through the grace of the sacrament to live the duties of of marital life. So the grace that comes and is poured out in the sacrament of matrimony is precisely the grace needed to live this this holy covenant of marriage. And in in the final uh, sacrament of the anointing of the sick, we receive a grace of healing. The grace of, of healing, uh, perhaps, and if, if, if needed, even the grace of forgiveness and reconciliation for sin, but a strengthening for the dying person in the life of grace, final perseverance to the end, to face death well and to have a good and holy death, and if God wills it, to be even be healed physically or certainly spiritually, emotionally. So all of these sacraments come with, with, with particular graces as well. And as we talked about earlier, 
We're on the journey to heaven. We want to be in heaven. We're called to be saints. We're called to be saints. So it I, for me, it's just so encouraging. It's hopeful. God provides us exactly what we need. Whichever vocation mm-hmm. we're called to, he's going to give us that additional grace because in the role of a priest, in the role of a bishop, husbands and wives, there's different challenges that we need help with, that we're going to have different challenges throughout our life. God will give us the grace through the vocation and through our proper living out of that vocation. Exactly. The the, the graces come in, in, in our vocational lives, whatever they may be. And that can lead us, you're, you're doing very good at, at uh, <laughs> okay. sort of segueing well, uh, that leads us into this third area of grace that we can talk about, which we call actual graces. Now, these are different. Mm-hmm. These are different than sanctifying grace or sacramental grace, which in some way or another affect us on the level of our very being, in our ontological sense, in our soul. Actual graces are ways that God reaches out to us at various times in our life when we, when we need special help, uh, special guidance, special insights even. So they're, they're actions of God upon us from outside, supernatural actions. These are supernatural. So it's not, they're not just you know, coincidences or mm-hmm. circumstances of life or just natural things that happen. These are actual God's intentional reaching out to us and touching us in a special way from outside by giving us what we call these actual graces. And they can take many, many different forms. They can take the form of another interaction with another person. Uh, An encounter with another human being can be a moment of God's reaching out to us and giving us a special grace. My 32 years as a priest are filled Mm -hmm. with those kinds of encounters that I've had with people as a priest where God has brought me into somebody's life in a particular moment and maybe ultimately ends in some, uh, you know, sanctifying grace or some sacramental grace. But in the initial encounter, it's just a grace of God given to another person by bringing me or, or bringing someone else into another person's life. It can be an event that happens that, that suddenly breaks through our hardness of heart. It can be a word spoken, mm-hmm. maybe that we hear uh, from a pulpit or we hear another word from a person that, that touches us so deeply. I mean, read the lives of the saints. So many times... It was a word that was preached in a homily that suddenly struck to the heart of of the individual and brought about a conversion or a change of life that was that was forever and that is is what an actual grace does i you know and I've just had so many uh, i give you just let me give you one mm-hmm. c- concrete example to show you what I'm talking about all right there is a young priest now. Uh, praise God, back in the Diocese of Marquette, in my former diocese in, in Upper Michigan. Uh, I'll, I'll give his name, Father Brandon Ullman. So, Father Brandon, if you're out there and you, if somebody passes this on to you, I'm, I'm talking about you. <laughs> uh, but, but Father Brandon uh, was on a, kind of on a journey back in, in, into the faith. I mean, he you know, he'd not completely abandoned the Lord, but he was on a spiritual journey of, of rediscovering his faith, coming to a deeper faith in Christ. Um, he was a driving truck, if I remember at the time, for a lumber company. But he was really getting excited about his faith. And I was the new, being ordained the new bishop of Marquette 
at this time. And he had to work. The, uh, that shows you the difference of culture between sometimes in here and other places. You know, they actually broadcast live on television. My ordination is a bishop in Marquette on the local television. And he wasn't able to watch it live because he had to work. So he, uh, he taped it. <laughs> and he told me this later. Uh, when, when I met with him as, and accepted him as a seminarian, he, he said that he came home uh, and he sat down to watch the, the ordination on tape while he had his dinner. And at the end of the, of the Mass, because it was this beautiful ordination Mass, and at the end of the Mass, I got up to say a few words. I didn't preach at the Mass. The Cardinal Maida, the ordaining bishop, did. But I got up at the end to you know say my thank yous and remarks and everything. And, and I, it, was an, it was a spur-of-the-moment thing. I had not intended to say this. And I was talking about, I was thanking God for the gift of my vocation as a priest, and that was now becoming a bishop. And it just struck me to say at that moment, I said, and by the way, I said, if there are any of you out here in this congregation or any of you watching by television who think God might be calling you to be a priest or a religious sister, do not be afraid to open your heart to Christ and to embrace this vocation if it's God's call for you. And enjoy the happiness of knowing that you're doing God's will. I, something, words to those effect. And it just came out. I didn't intend to say it. It wasn't planned. I just said it on the spur of the moment, right? This man, young man, sitting there watching this non-tape as he's having his dinner, he said it was like the Holy Spirit reached through the television screen and grabbed his heart. And he felt deeply that call uh, to, to respond to a call to the priesthood. And he told me this when, when I met with him for the first time to consider him as a seminarian for the Diocese of Marquette. That's an actual grace. Mm-hmm. God used a word that I spoke via television to reach in and touch the heart of this young man in a powerful way. And I've had, actually I've had numerous experiences like that of young people. Even there, there's a young priest somewhere in England who I did a video little thing about vocations once that is on a YouTube channel somewhere, and I was just another similar message. You know, be, don't be afraid. Give yourself. If you think God might be calling you, you owe it to God to at least pursue it and try it, you know. And again, he wrote to me. And he's, you know, thousands and thousands across the pond, as we say. <laughs> and he saw that video, and it sparked him uh, returning to what he felt was a call to the priesthood, and, and he's, he's now a priest. So... Mm-hmm. You know, you just, these, these are the kinds of things, but it can be anything in, in examples of life where God puts somebody in our life or a word or an, an event that, that suddenly it's like God has reached out and grabbed our heart. And it's always to bring us closer to him. It's always to ultimately lead us to sanctifying and, and, and sacramental grace. Uh, it, can be, it can be simply sitting down to read the Bible. Mm-hmm. And you're reading the Bible like you always read the Bible. And then all of a sudden you read a passage that jumps off the page at you yeah. and speaks so deeply to your heart, convicts you, calls you, whatever it is, comforts you, speaks to your heart right then and there and what you need right now, that's an actual grace. It's God's little kisses from heaven, if you will. Yeah. Well, let's continue to have those, uh, those kisses from heaven. Yeah. God will give us the grace. We pray for it. Be open to it and then respond with a big yes. And with that, Archbishop, would you please help us close in prayer? And through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families and loved ones, and be with you this day and especially throughout this new year. Amen. 
Amen. And thank you for joining us on The Voice of the Shepherd. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie. Until our next encounter, may God bless you. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through MaterDayRadio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.